0: Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, a podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners who are actively relaunching, to make sure to register and upload your resume on our iRelaunch job board. This is where we go to share relauncher's profiles with employers that are hiring for their career reentry jobs and programs. So it's important that your profile and resumes are in there. Today, we welcome Elizabeth Andrew. Elizabeth is a top producing technology sales executive startup advisor and TEDx speaker who has established herself as a leader, motivator and role model with her inspiring story of career reentry by breaking barriers into the San Francisco technology space at nearly 50 years old after a 17 year career break with no technology experience. Elizabeth has been a three-time VP of sales working for companies including HelloSign, Dropbox, Pluma, and Natomi. She is currently the co-founder and CEO at Sales Compete. In today's episode, we're gonna speak with Elizabeth about her relaunch, time in the corporate world, and experience founding her company. In her early career, before becoming a stay-at-home mom, Elizabeth was VP and director with Wells Fargo Asset Management, where she opened up the New England region as a mutual fund wholesaler and grew territory assets from zero to 70 million. Her success story has been featured as an iRelaunch Relauncher of the Month. Elizabeth, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Hi, Carol. It's great to be here. Always fun to see you. Yes, I feel like we go back a long way. And and I remember uh, following your story from very early on. So the idea that we are Sitting here now, having this conversation is very significant.
1: It really is. I know. I feel like you were with me all along in my relaunch
0: journey. Yeah. And I want to know if we can start by hearing a little bit about your background. I know I just gave sort of a quick sketch, but can you talk a little bit uh, more about what you did prior to your career break and then what prompted you to step away from the workforce? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And as you mentioned, I have a very unusual background for specifically for tech. Um, I started out in the investment industry. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. And after college, I was working in San Francisco. I started at Franklin Funds and um, ended Mm -hmm. up... Wells Fargo Asset Management, it was after, I don't know, I know you know quite a bit about banking in the East Coast. Uh, it was after the Glass-Steagall Act had lifted and banks were able to distribute investment products for the first time. And so Wells Fargo was looking to build their very first mutual fund company. And they hired me to to come on and help them. There was about four of us. So it felt very much like a startup, even though it was you know backed and very well resourced by Wells Fargo. And we took that from zero to over a billion dollars in assets for Wells Fargo Asset Management. I started out, a built an inside sales team, hired, trained, and managed a team of sellers. And then the last region we went into as a mutual fund company was the Northeast. And they asked hmm. me to go out and open up that region. Because of course, the Northeast is the investment capital of the world, the way the Bay certainly was before the pandemic on um, tech. And so I moved out to your neck of the woods to Boston um, in my late 20s and opened up that region in New England and calling on you know all this, the brokerage firms, Merrill Lynch and Smith Barney, and working out of my house and my car. And
0: mm-hmm. quite an
1: interesting run, um, as I'm sure you know and can imagine too. In those days, certainly in the Northeast, that industry was very male dominated. I was always the only woman in the room. And, uh, you know, so it was a really interesting experience. I had a great time. I took it from zero to 70 million in sales. And when I moved East, my family said, go for two years, have a great time. Don't fall in love. I ended up marrying a New Yorker Mm -hmm. and moving down to Manhattan, which is what prompted me to leave the workforce and, um,
0: and take 17 years off to raise my kids. Wow. Well, you know, I started my career in the mutual fund industry as you you referenced. I'm actually born and raised in Southern California and I worked in LA for the American funds group, capital research and management, my first job uh, out of college and really loved that industry and being on the buy side of things. So I, I do have a vivid (laughs) recollection of, of, of much of what you're talking about, yeah. So then you were home for 17 years, and it was. during that time, were were you even thinking about going back to work, or were you still sort of connected, like reading about the financial world or doing anything that connected you to professional interests, or were, did you feel like it was a pretty complete professional disconnect? Absolutely
1: disconnected. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, the the nice thing, the exciting thing for me is, you know, I, at the time we were, so I got married to a New Yorker. We were living in Manhattan. Then when we started our family, we moved up to the suburbs in Connecticut. And I spent 17 years doing mostly volunteer work. I'm not one of those that can just play tennis and relax. You know, I spent a lot of time doing nonprofits and fundraising and event planning and all that sort of thing. And, you know, many of those those um, roles were harder than anything I've done professionally. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with volunteers. You can't fire them. I also happen to be, you know, I think by nature of that area, which you know, like, you know, so many, and they were mostly women, that I was doing these uh, volunteer jobs with, came out of great careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was a very high caliber group of, you know, kind of event planners and things. You know, I always, I used to joke some of the committees I I was on could have run the battle of Normandy. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it was a, yeah. group. but having said that, it wasn't until I removed all of my volunteer
0: work that anybody would take me seriously when I was relaunching. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, now, It was a little bit of a different time. You know, we were relaunching our careers. Well, I relaunched mine way before you did, but also when you relaunched, it was pretty early on. And there's been kind of a shift and people can put more of their volunteer activities on. But at the time, you were saying that, You weren't taken seriously until you took all of that off the resume. So can you just give us a sense of, was there a moment where you just woke up one day and said, I need to get back to work? Did it have something to do with what stage your family was at? How did you decide that now's the time?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I had been married 21 years. I ended up getting divorced and, you know, this was before that I was still married, but we moved back to the San Francisco Bay area uh, as a family and my kids were getting a little bit older. I knew that, you know, the marriage was failing and, you know, just felt like it's time for me to get back to work. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, I mean, it. and you're absolutely right. You know, I've, uh, you and I have, I mean, I joined you when you were invited to speak at Dreamforce and I remember how exciting that was, you know, and it was a different time, you know, and I think that it's much more acceptable to have a variety of different experience and, you know, volunteer and all different types of things on on your resume today than it was at that time. But this was back in 2011 and it wasn't until I removed everything. I was completely unemployable. I actually found my first job back at Putnam Investments, working for the West Region Director of Sales 20 hours a week. I found the job on Craigslist.
0: Hmm. Okay. I want to get into that. I just want to give a little bit of background to our audience that... Dreamforce was the, the big annual event that uh, Salesforce held like I think 150,000 people come uh, at least in 2017 when uh, we were both there and um, on stage together talking about relaunching. It's this massive event. And so um, it was amazing to have the opportunity to participate in it, especially in a session that revolved all around uh, career reentry. So you're returning into 2011. Just to give the perspective, so my career break was 1990 through 2001. So I returned in 2001 only because I had friends who I had worked with before, who were now at my new, the new company and they, the company that was new to me that I relaunched at, and that's the only reason I got the job. And yeah, so so you're, you're relaunching maybe 10 years after that, still very you know very little is going on. Goldman Sachs had started the returnship program. 2008, JP Morgan didn't start the second one until 2013. So you are actually relaunching a few years into the recession where we were still in a very difficult place. We didn't really emerge from the recession, at least my recollection, until around 2013. So how did that actually, so Putnam put an ad in Craigslist for a part time role like in sales support or something like that? Is yes, that yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah, it, there was a, you know, it was the West Region, Region Director of Sales and just needed some, you know, kind of sales enablement hmm. support out here. And so, gosh, you know, I think that's just an example if you're looking for a job to explore, you know, be resourceful. You never yeah. know where it's going to come from. It may not come from, you know, a big job board or LinkedIn. You know, you 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 just keep your options open. Okay.
0: So you're responding to this job opening, you see in Craigslist. It's in the financial mutual fund industry. And had you done any updating? Were they like thrown off by your career breaks? Or what was that process actually getting the job?
1: Yeah, I I mean, so I had a few um, what I called contract jobs prior to that. You know, Mm -hmm. I did find a couple. I had a friend of mine who's a business owner that makes um, kind of industrial signs for hospitals. And so I helped her with some jobs. I found another company that um, I did some recruiting for. So I had done some little contract projects leading up to to this. Uh, but this was my first, it was 20 hours a week, but it was my first job to have benefits and all those things. And, you know, it was not a high paying job, but it gave me all those things I needed as a single mom to, you know, to support my family. And and it got me back, which was really great. And I was going into the city, you know, it was about 20 hours a week. And I did that for about a year. And I just felt like you know, here I am in San Francisco and there's so much energy at that time in mm-hmm. San Francisco Bay area between 2011, This is closer to 2015, 2014. It might've been 2013 actually that I was doing that. And then, you know, I just felt like there's no fun to be had in financial services anymore. I'd have to resit for all of my licenses as long oh, as I'm my reinventing goodness. myself. Why not try no. tech? Cause it was so much going on out there. And, and so I did, and I was able to break into the tech Space, um, so you know it was super interesting too because I always laugh that you know when I was in financial services in the Northeast, you know wholesaling, I was the only woman in the room,
0: mm-hmm. and then I
1: went to tech where I was the oldest person in the room.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I want to dive into that a little bit. So just to jump back, when you're in the part-time role at Putnam, was there some sort of adjustment period there where you're in an office, you're working with a some sort of a Office management technology system, whatever they were like back in 2011, and was there a piece of that that you sort of had to relearn and sort of get yourself at a certain point where you thought, okay, I I'm I'm relatively stable now and I know what I need to know at least to sort of move forward in this role. Like, what was that process and how do you approach it?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, one of the biggest reasons that employers, at least back then, didn't want to hire people returning to the workforce is they feel they're not up to speed on the technology. You know, and the big argument that you and I have is that, listen, you can teach that. You can learn that in, in six to twelve months. You can't teach 20 years of experience in six to twelve mm-hmm. months, right? So, you know, it's um, you know, there was a quite a bit of a bumpy curve. I, you know, I do remember when I was a mom, my son was we were at school, I dropped my son off. This is when we were still on the East Coast, and I was planning a lunch or a meeting or something with three of my friends, and they all had their at that time blackberries. And oh, I, had yeah. my I, I had my big day planner. My son was oh, identified, yeah. you know. And, um, so just getting up to speed with calendar invitations and all those little things, you know, is it's, it's a little challenging. And, you know, I, the one thing that I tried really hard to do is be a student of my profession. You know, I did mm-hmm. go back and I signed myself up to take an Excel class. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a free Excel course, you know, just some of those things. So you can get up to speed with the tools. I mean, you can Google anything,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Definitely. So let's talk about this transition from finance to sales, especially when I don't know how old you were at the time, but you were older than most of the people in the tech industry who you came across. Um, what was that? Did you already start to know some people because of your work in finance? And how did you make the leap? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: uh, Well, so I could jump back and I will tell you, and I think one of the things that, you know, sales, I have the, my foundation is in sales, you know, and when Mm -hmm. I was an investment wholesaler, I learned from some of the best in the industry. And I learned about building a sales process and creating, re, you know, repeatable processes and, you know, making sure like when I was wholesaling, I'm working out of my house in my car, I'd have four meetings a day, every day, Monday through Thursday, Friday was always my day to schedule and follow up. And I was always scheduled two weeks out. And so I had that Foundation. And I realized when I had to go back that, you know, this is, I'm job searching, but it's essentially sales. I'm just selling Mm -hmm. myself. Right. So, you know, it's almost like creating your own playbook, right? Focusing on setting up your what we call KPIs, um, you know, key performance indicators, like how much activity you're going to do, you know, try to apply for X number of jobs every day, try to have X number of interviews every week, you know, and just have your target, right? So it's like setting up a, you know, you can, in sales, there's two things that you can control, the number of people you talk to and the quality of your presentation.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: really trying to master that, you know, master who are you? What's your elevator pitch? What are you looking for, you know, as, a, as an individual? Like, what are you looking for? Like, I, you know, I mentioned to you and you read at the very beginning, you know, I'm a three-time VP of sales, uh, five-time sales leader with companies like HelloSign and Dropbox. You know, you want to make sure you have your story down and then you're contacting the right number of people. So I just really treated my
0: my relaunch like sales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And was there some like milestone moment? It, was there a certain um, subject line on an email outreach? Was there some kind of a introduction to a particular person who became pivotal? Like, can, can you call out a couple moments where it, it's like this this really advanced me and led to me being hired? Yeah. So a
1: couple things is you know again, and I think being resourceful and being a student of your profession, right? So Mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to break into, start following those thought leaders, start reading, you know, getting all the information you can. And I remember one of those moments I was thinking I wanted to get into technology and I started following Crunchbase, which is kind Mm -hmm. of a... A news source. And I saw on, it was probably LinkedIn, you know, that they were going to have a meetup in the Presidio in San Francisco. It was going to be $25. There are food trucks there. You bought your ticket in advance. So I called a girlfriend of mine. I didn't know anybody. I said, Do you want to go? She said, Sure. She ended up canceling. So I went by myself, which is a great way to meet people. And, you know, I walk in there and it was a little intimidating because there's Uh a lot of, you know, kind of young groups of people and t-shirt tech t-shirts by (laughs) certain companies and they're all sitting together. And, but I remember standing in line at a food truck and I met a CEO who had just moved from India and I got talking to him and I never worked for him, but I ended up, he ended up buying my technology several years later we kept oh, in touch you know wow. so you just never know who you're going to meet you know so things yeah. like that. um i did end up bumping into somebody i know uh, the husband of somebody i know who got me kind of involved in one of my first tech companies back it was a healthcare tech company they hired me for sales operations which was fascinating because i you know it was the tools that were hard and sales operations is really running all those tools but i know they hired me because of my sales enablement and my breadth of experience and um they sent me to actually the very first dreamforce conference um and i went and i parked myself at the genius bar and learned as much as i could wow. um, over the course of and then you know went to the expo floor and saw every technology demoed every technology I could find. So I learned a ton there. Like a lot of startups, after a year, they ended up running out of uh, funding and went bankrupt. And I found myself in a job search again. And then I found a job with HelloSign as a salesperson. And I found that through AngelList.
0: Hmm. So there's a combination of things. And it's interesting. And it shows your sales roots when you said so I went by myself to, to that, um, event and it was like an opportunity to meet people where some people would say, so I went by myself and then I was like super feeling super awkward and intimidated. But right. instead that you had conversations with people and um, right. that's, you know, that's, that's how, how things happen. So you talked about. The first sales role went under, uh, after a year and then you're looking for your next role. And can you talk about when you started to move up? Because you, you've had an incredible trajectory. And also, did you get a sense ever that your age was, people were aware of it or in some way, or did you just forget about that and, you know, focus on the, uh, the, the material and the information? Yeah. Well, parents. I'll
1: start by saying there's a lot to be said about having your back up against the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was a single mom responsible for a hundred percent supporting my three kids, you know, so I had a motivation that wasn't, yeah. myself. you know, so I just put the blinders on and I, and I think that's part of, you know, I think sales too, right? Like you have to be a little thick skinned. You've got to be resilient. You have to, you know, I, I, stopped caring what anybody thought about how old i was or Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah i mean sure there were you know you definitely see it just like gender you know bias and whatnot but i just didn't let it phase me and you know i think that's part of being in sales too i mean when i was hired so i was hired at hello sign and when you ask like how there were baby steps all along like every step i've made has has advanced my career but i had a great run at hello sign i was there Four and a half years, or a little over four years, and we were acquired by Dropbox. So my last year was at Dropbox, and you know, I was initially an individual contributor, just a sales senior salesperson. I sold the only seven-figure deals they had ever sold, and wow. um, and then moved into leadership there. So I, you know, I was able to really advance my career there quite a bit. But you know, it's it takes time, and you know. I, I mean, that doesn't mean like my next role, my first VP of sales role at a different company, I learned more in that year than I learned in four and a half years because of where I was in the organization. And so, you know, it's um it's a process and I remember when I was I was kind of hired onto a very stereotypical team of SaaS sales dudes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <You know, laughs> Uh, you know,
1: kind of between 28 and 35 or something like that. And I remember one time I was talking to a customer and we were selling APIs, which is, you know, 50% of our customer base were engineers and developers. And when I started, I didn't even know what an API was. I had no idea.
0: Can you just explain for our audience briefly?
1: Yeah. So APIs are how we connect. Technology is connected, like, you know, um, and so... Without getting into a lot of the, right. the details of it, um, it was something that our engineers would buy. And we were selling e-signatures at HelloSign. And so companies could Im- embed the signature process into their own website or application. Which yeah. Is, you know, a little bit of a um a little bit different than kind of your typical DocuSign type of process. So mm-hmm. um so anyway, so I was on the phone with an engineer and I called this customer. He was a CTO and very early stage and, you know, very young. And so he goes, Elizabeth, what up? And I was on, I was on the sales floor and I go, what up? What? And all of my colleagues just started laughing, you know, fell to the floor.
0: You know, it was just a little out of
1: context.
0: That's um, awesome.
1: Yeah you know, so just being adaptable. And I love yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm a mom. I love startups because I'm good at wearing a lot of hats and I like mm-hmm. solving cross-functionally. I am a mom and, you know, a lot of my colleagues that I've worked with over the last decade have been closer in age to my kids than they are to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I've learned a ton from them and I hope maybe they've learned a lot from me. And, you know, as long as you're open-minded and you know, eager to learn. And um, I think there's, I think it's fun.
0: Yeah. And obviously you've kept your sense of humor through all of this, which I think I remember myself because I was also working in an industry where people were half my age and I felt like sense of humor was, was very helpful. Right. So you had moved up, you were VP of sales at three different organizations. You talked about moving from being a rich, a um, independent a contributor to leadership and managing other people can you talk about when you started to think maybe i want to do something entrepreneurial how did that happen and just what were the what was the thought process
1: yeah so you know i've had an opportunity like as you mentioned to be a vp of sales at three different companies i it's been an incredible experience i mean not all of it's been easy. Some of it's been great. I've been through two acquisitions. You know, some of them didn't work out. You know, it's all it's all part of the process, right? I had worked for an AI company in 2022, um, and I just found myself. You know, it was I was working. Gosh, I felt like I was working 80 hours a week and had three days off for it in a year. Mm-hmm. And just there's a reason that sales. You know the the compensation can be really great in in sales, but it's also a lot of pressure. You
0: mm-hmm. know, especially
1: in Silicon Valley. You know, many of the the CEOs, all three of the CEOs that I worked for, were geniuses. You know, came in, coming out of MIT and Harvard and Princeton and. Berkeley and, you know, many of them are technical and, you know, so it's, it's a high pressure role. And, you know, when I, it was the beginning of 2023, so it was just a year ago. And just like, you know, I, I had left the AI company and felt like it's time for me to do my own, own thing. So I've been doing a little bit of consulting for CEOs and founders of early stage companies and doing some one-on-one coaching and getting a little bit back into public speaking. And then in March of last year, I was introduced to my co-founder at uh, Sales Compete, who uh, is a CEO out of New York. He had lost his head of sales during the pandemic and ended up with the whole sales team reporting to him. And so he built our tool for himself Um, Hmm. He still has another job, but he came looking for a co-founder. So we've been working on that as well. I'm I'm doing both. I'm doing my consulting and we're bootstrapped for Sales Compete, um, you know, which I like because we don't have the pressure of, you know, VC funding to put unrealistic
0: goals out. Yeah, that's. That's really critical in terms of setting your own pace and your timing and how how you want to run your priorities. Can we just um, take uh, like a sideline for a minute? Because I wanted to know if you could briefly tell people about your TEDx talk and how it happened and what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I can't remember exactly when, I reached out to you, but I was so inspired by you and, and I relaunch and, you know, the 40 um, year old intern and all that stuff oh, when yeah. I was going through all this process, right? And so we connected and I can't, I think maybe first you, you were going to be in San Francisco and we met for lunch or coffee or something, but I, yeah. you know, I was going through this process and, you know, it's, it's been baby steps. You know, each step that I've made has advanced my career over the course of the last, you know, 23 or year, uh, 13 years, sorry. And so, you know, I get people reaching out to me, you know, how did you get back to work? And so I do a fair amount of, you know, I don't do what you do, but I am a huge fan and huge supporter of iRelaunch. And so anytime, you know, I've had an opportunity to speak with you a couple of times at, at your conference at Stanford. And I've actually met some, I have some people that are in my network in tech that were at that conference that mm-hmm. are become really good friends Dropbox. and heard me and, you know, in, in the little breakout session. And so I was, it was actually, HelloSign had just been acquired by Dropbox in 2019. And what happens after the acquisition, I was a sales leader, but we still had our VP of sales at that time. Um, after the acquisition, he ended up leaving the company a lot of times people peel off after an acquisition and so then i was really running the whole sales org reporting to our coo and so there was a lot it was the kind of the integration of two companies but i had somebody reach out to me and say listen would you want to do this tedx talk um and you know I, the first thing that crossed my mind is i don't have the time right. um, but it was like nobody will ever ask me to do that again and it was in one month too. You, oh. you know, usually wow. it's like
0: you have six months to prepare. It took me and four months to prepare like intensely. Yeah, I, so. I, I wish
1: I had that time because I think it would have been a lot better. You know, I would have loved to, yeah. I had one month to write it and prepare for it. And Whoa. and we were going through this implementation of two companies. So, um, you know, it was, but it, my topic was let them back in. And it was really all about why companies should, Consider letting people returning to the workforce back in. Uh, and as you had mentioned earlier, when I moved to the West Coast, um, Goldman Sachs had started the uh, returnship program, and that was starting to take off in finance after the you know the the great recession yeah. took place. But that wasn't happening in tech at the time.
0: Yeah, tech was the second wave.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. nobody, you know, we had the ageism thing and nobody was talking about returning to work and coming back from a, it wasn't until you and I connected and you were coming out and you were doing your iRelaunch conference at Stanford that I think you, I think it was really, maybe you had worked with Google and a couple of other people on trying to get some of these. Google and YouTube were
0: a lead sponsor of one of our Stanford conferences. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And that was kind of the first time tech was breaking into that. I
0: think I've always attributed, so Wall Street Financial Services drove the first wave. I thought, because the companies are so old and they've had generation after generation of of women, mostly, leave the workforce as they've been moving up, and then suddenly they didn't have enough women in mid-to-senior-level roles. Because the tech companies were so young... I think they were all, they had to go through one generational experience before they, they thought this is our problem too. And then right. we saw the next wave be driven by the technology companies. So at least those were the, the Silicon Valley tech, technical companies. We had legacy tech and we had companies that just, that have like technology at their core, like aerospace and defense. So, but I remember specifically that Silicon Valley piece thinking that's because these companies are so young. So, you know, yes. anyway. Kind of interesting. Okay, back to entrepreneurship. And then we're, we're almost running out of time. So that, then I want to um, ask you the question we ask all of our guests. But before we do that, can you just talk about any tips that you have for listeners who might be aspiring entrepreneurs? Uh, and that could be people who have already relaunched and are thinking of now doing something entrepreneurial, or people who are contemplating having doing something entrepreneurial as the way
1: that they launch. Well, I'm new to the founder journey and the entrepreneurial journey. It's just been over the last year and Mm -hmm. I love it. I mean, I don't see myself ever going back and working for somebody else and you, you know, you get the freedom, you know, it's challenging in that, you know, you have to rely on yourself, right? And somebody named Morgan Ingram, who's a kind of a thought leader in the, in the sales world. And, you know, his, his statement is if nothing happens, nothing happens,
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know, as an
1: entrepreneur, you have to really be motivated to um, to make it happen and to get things going every day. You know, I'd say one of the biggest challenges that I've found in that space, too, is that particularly in technology now, there have been a lot of layoffs. Mm -hmm. And so there's a big rise in fractional roles. A lot of people are trying to break into being a fractional CMO or a fractional. So there is a lot more competition on that space, but... You know, I think if you can find your niche, um, it, it's a really great way to go.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then look, the way you you've approached it, you have built up all of these years of experience. And so you have the subject matter expertise and you've had the direct experience. So that's so powerful. And that's why, you know, sometimes it depends what you've done before you relaunched. If you're a person who's in that kind of position Or if you're doing something brand new, we uh, recently interviewed a relauncher who has become a very well-known comedian. Uh, And so she was always funny, but she was never doing that before and has really built up a a very big presence and big business from scratch. So we've had that kind of experience too. But Elizabeth, I want to know if we can end by asking you this question that we ask All of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? Even if it's something we've already talked about today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Being a student of your profession, um, follow people on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. I, you know, I, I try to post a lot of tips um, around Mm -hmm. my career entry journey. But be a student of your profession, and I would say one of the biggest things, Carol, that I am. You know, having worked for an AI company for a year, and it's interesting because I left in December of 2022. That mm-hmm. world has changed because ChatGPT came out right after that, right? It, I don't, I don't even recognize it anymore, and it's been a year. Right. Um, but my biggest piece of advice is learn how to use AI,
0: mm. and
1: you know, I you know, one of the things that we would always talk about is that AI is not necessarily going to replace people. You know, I don't think you can replace the vulnerable, authentic human voice, right? Mm-hmm. But people who know how to use AI might replace people. So oh, interesting. You know, learn, learn, find ways to learn how to utilize AI and it can help in a job search too. So
0: yeah, for sure. We even have a, a special, um, section of our uh, I Relaunch roadmap that uh, Nikki Steingold, um, a senior person on our team developed that takes people step through by step using ChatGPT with prompts. And uh, it, it's very helpful in the, in the job search, but also the way you're talking about it, Elizabeth, that's really a theme through our conversation today is that you are a lifelong learner. You are a curious person. You're fearless about learning something new, and those qualities are essential uh, for relaunchers. And you can—you you don't have to be born that way. You can train yourself and learn uh, to be that way. And it, and it really—it it can be um, the foundation for success in so many different things, whether it's entrepreneurial or a more traditional corporate relaunch. Unquestionably. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's great having the conversation.
1: Yeah, love seeing you as always, and hopefully we can meet in person again when one of us is on the other coast. Absolutely,
0: and thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thank you also to our audience for joining us and for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. Be sure to visit iRelaunch.com to access our many return to work tools and resources, and to sign up for our mailing list so you can receive our weekly return to work report featuring career re-entry jobs and programs. Thanks for joining us.